Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, to give you praise, to worship you, to give you thanks, to be in awe, to learn and grow through your word, through the relationship that you offer, through the power of your Holy Spirit here and now, and through this church body as brothers and sisters. We pray, God, that as we come to your word this morning, that you'd open our eyes, that you'd open our ears, that you'd open our hearts and our minds, that you would press in upon us your truth and the desire that you have for our lives. We give you glory, Lord. Amen. Well, good morning. It is uh, so good to be back. Uh, As Tyler had mentioned in the uh, announcements and in prayers of our uh, journey this past week to uh, the Caribbean Christian Center of the Deaf uh, in Jamaica. Um, we had a, uh, a journey. It was a, a lot, and I will I'll reveal a little bit in um, a message this morning, but as Tyler had mentioned, next week we're going to have a, a, a detailed uh, report and, and sharing different experiences from uh, the four of us and, and really taking time to discern both what God uh, would want us to do uh, here locally uh, with deaf ministry and, and then also internationally uh, and how that might uh, play into our everyday lives here. But I uh, want to open up this morning by uh, bringing us to this uh, message in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. If you remember, wasn't that long ago, Tyler preached on this message, Matthew 13, verses 1 through 23. So it should be familiar. If not, we are gonna, uh, we're going to spend our time there today. And I, I pray that this is going to be an opportunity for maybe you and I to have uh, a different uh, look how the Lord is uh, revealing to us here uh, today. So would you turn with me, if you brought your Bibles, to the New Testament. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 1 through 23. I'm reading out of the NIV translation. Uh, I want to invite you to grab your phone, your Bible app. If not, the words will be on the screen here. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things and parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. To the disciples, the disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, 
they do not hear or understand. And then this is fulfilled, the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling on the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what is sown. This is the word of God for us today. As we read these words of our Lord and Savior Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew 13, we've heard this story, we've heard this parable over and over and over. And yet, as I, just like you, have heard this parable, I was faced and challenged with a question this past week. As we sat at the Jamaican Deaf Village talking with the CEO of the Caribbean Christian Center of the Deaf, He sat there and he said, one of the hardest things for a deaf family, and especially here in Jamaica, the deaf community, is the understanding that people have. People liken somebody being deaf to the Old Testament, understanding that an ailment or a uh, something that has happened to you is because of your previous ancestors and what they have done and how they have lived. And it struck me in that moment as he continued to uh, reveal to us and help us understand how they're educating their community and and trying to reach as many families as they can to help them understand the the proper interpretation that uh, your deafness is not because of something that your uh, grandparents have done. And we'll go into more detail next week about the high numbers of meningitis for little kids and that have high fevers and don't have treatment. They lose their hearing. And the amount and the percentages of individuals, not just there, but also here. Jesus reveals to us in this parable, it's not about just hearing with ears, but how are we hearing with our hearts. The condition, the soil of our heart is important. As we read and see the focus of the farmer who is scattering seeds, the details are important and we'll get to those in a second, but it is right here Jesus speaking plainly to each person who would hear knowing that there would be rejection, knowing that there is hard hearts, knowing that there are ears and eyes that are are willing to see and hear but yet not receive. 
knowing that there will be ill intentions, Jesus doesn't hold back. As he tells the disciples in Matthew 13, 11, you are permitted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven while the others are not, which ironically, Jesus ends the parable by explaining the parable to the disciples who were permitted to hear and understand. Jesus is talking about spiritual knowledge of the kingdom of heaven. Even in this moment, Jesus had to explain to the disciples the wisdom of this parable to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The disciples needed an explanation, and so do we. So let's break this down point by point. The farmer went out to plant seeds. That's the first point for us. There's a farmer, and he's going out to plant seeds. The farmer is the only one in possession of the seeds. No one else or thing. Very simple. The crop is solely reliant upon the farmer and that farmer's willingness and ability to scatter the seed. That's the bedrock of this parable. That farmer is our Lord, Jesus. Now let's go one more step. As Jesus is the farmer, the seed is his word, all of scripture, and the field That's the heart of humanity. Jesus knew there were hard hearts. Jesus knew that there was ground, knew that there were hearts that needed to be cultivated, to be ready to be planted, and yet he's still scattered. The second point is this, the soil. So we have the farmer who is Jesus, who is scattering his word, his seed, upon the hearts of humanity, and then we have the conditions of the heart. The first condition of the soil of the heart is the footpath. The footpath is that person who is in the place of their life who does not grasp or comprehend the word of God So the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in their heart. Now we might think that that is strange, that somebody would hear the word of God and be like, yeah, yeah, okay, and just let it go. But we see it every single day. We see it oftentimes in our very own lives when we read a devotion or we're in a, a, a Christian conversation or we're in a moment where God is trying to reveal himself to us and yet we get sidetracked or we hear the Lord and we spend time in his word and we walk away as if nothing had ever happened. We see this happen over and over in Acts. After the Uh, Holy Spirit has come after the Pentecost. There are many Gentiles, there are many individuals who are are saying to the disciples, I I, want to, I hear this good news, but I need someone to explain it to me. What does it mean? And all those moments that it was explained oftentimes came in a result of baptism, came in a result of living their lives for Christ. Not once do we have in the account of Acts where Someone comes saying, hey, I don't, I hear the word, please explain it to me. And after it's explained, they say, no, it's not for me. The footpath is the one who hears the word but does not understand it. And puts all the more emphasis on the word of the Lord who says, blessed are those who bring the good news. The second set of soil is the footpath, or is the shallow soil. 
This is the person who, upon hearing the good news, rejoices, finds comfort in the gospel, yet this points to the response of a person who is basing what they hear on a feeling. Our feelings don't dig deep within and grow a faith root system. Now, don't hear me wrong. Feelings are important. They're a key factor of who we are. However, the feelings we have are often, like as James says, a wave of the sea tossed back and forth. And we cannot base our faith lives and our decisions and our choices solely on a feeling. What happens when the good feelings we have about the gospel that we hear and understand are challenged? This is the point of the shallow soil that Jesus explains here. At the, at the point where a person who hears the gospel, who hears the message, as soon as what they have heard and began to understand is challenged on the account of the word, they stumble, they doubt, they question what they have heard. Now, for example... This happens a lot when dealing with a big theodicy question. If God is all good and powerful, why doesn't he just get rid of all the evil? Why doesn't he just fix all of the bad that we see? Now, that question is helpful in some ways and some ways not. There's a few points to understand about that question. And as you use this illustration, the growing argument typically comes from a non-believer, a non-believer asking somebody who does believe in Christ, hey, you know what, if your God is real, if your God is so good, why doesn't he fix all the evil? A question a believer needs to wrestle with and come to an understanding in the entire gospel to land at the bedrock of foundation. Now, the hard part of this question of a non-believer asking a believer, if your God is so good, why doesn't he just get rid of all the evil? is first the non-believer not even acknowledging nor putting any sort of belief that there is a God. So how can a non-believer accept and receive an answer from a believer when they don't believe themselves? But the second part of that question is the reality of all of us in relation to God. The first thing is this. God has created each and every single one of us. That's simple enough for us to come to terms with and understand that we have a creator, that we have a source of life. But the second part of that understanding that we have a creator and source of life is a little bit more difficult. And it has to do with the one thing that God chooses not to do. And that is to force his life upon us. As C.S. Lewis puts it, each and every single one of us has a needle like that of a compass. God is not going to force our needle. God is not going to force our souls and our lives to be in alignment with him. He gives us the free will and the ability to choose. We either give our lives to the captain of the compass who can lead us to the true north of salvation through the offering of his son and his blood on the cross. 
or we can watch that needle spin round and round and round upon our wandering and navigation home. The navigation and the compass of our lives either points in our own direction or in the direction of God. He doesn't force himself upon us. He desires our compass and our soul and our heart would point to him and not ourselves. Now let me offer another illustration, one that'll lead us through the rest of the kinds of soils here. This past week was a big adjustment for the four of us that went to Jamaica. As we were making our way to connecting flights and, and getting there and we're learning all along the way, we didn't really capture the thing that would hit us the most, and that was the driving. As we get into Montego Bay, there's cars everywhere, and if you've been to a third world country, and if you've been in third world country driving, there are no rules. I don't know how there could be a driver's education course. I don't know how any of that. There's honking, there's screaming, there's, it's like NASCAR all the time. And as we get into the brand new van that they have, I mean, there's still plastic on the visors. I mean, they're like so excited that you pick up a team, their brand new van, and we get into this uh, van, and they're like, all right, ready for the three-hour car ride across the island to the Jamaican Deaf Village. Like, yeah, sure, we've been on a plane all day. We're ready. So we get everybody situated and we put Tyler in the little seat over here next to the big window and as we're zigging and we're zagging and we're flying through all of the twists and turns, uh, we, we go to pass a car and then another car tries to pass as we're trying to pass. So we're three, we're three wide in a, a one-lane road and another lady comes through and just with her mirrors just right down the side of the brand new van. Whoa. So we stop and we're getting out and that lady stopped. They're taking pictures and they're getting going back and forth and they're in and Pat's wanting like, what go on? You hit my car. All the you know, it just amazed. We're like, what is going on? And then we get back in the car and we keep driving. We're like, all right. It was just a mirror, it's just a couple of scratches on the new van, not a big deal. Well, not even an hour later. We go to pass a big semi and Wham! The semi-mirror just takes out the two rear windows. Tyler's sitting there, the windows shatter everywhere. We're like, oh my gosh, Tyler, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm good. Everybody's got glass everywhere, and, we're, and then it starts raining. And we finally get to J the Jamaican Deaf Village. None of us were driving, of course, okay? Just put that reminder. Between the shattered glass and the new pinstripes from the mirrors of other cars on the new van and a few close calls, we learned a lot. Between the potholes, the twists, and the turns. But it was in our final drive home. A man named Lawrence, who drove a different van, he seemed to have the ability to move with the road as if he had been the one who laid the pavement himself. Turning us around tight corners, weaving in and out of cars, every swerve and curve was taken with complete confidence of the road traveled and the destination at hand. In that final ride, we were uh, at the mercy of Lawrence's ability, and I realized in the first ride, we were also 
at the mercy of that driver's ability. The first bus trip is an illustration of us trying to navigate life ourselves. The second and final trip back to Montego Bay was like being in sync with the Lord. We had no idea where we were going, what road to take, how fast or slow, what twist or turn was ahead, but we knew we were passengers on the bus that was coming home. That brings us to the next set of soil Jesus talks about. He talks about the thorns, the farmer scattering seeds where there's thorns. This is the person who hears the word of the Lord, but cares much more about the world and its pleasures and their lives than living for the gospel. It is these pleasures, these desires of the world that choke out the word of God. Much like that first trip across the island, we were mesmerized by the difficulty of the traffic and the roads. By the grace of God, we landed at the Jamaican Deaf Village with those broken windows and the new pinstripes. In many ways in that bus ride, the focus of why we were there and what was taking place was choked out by the concern of our own safety in that first journey. We became focused on the bus and the road and not the entire mission at hand. The difference in the first ride and the last ride comes in contrast with this last soil, the fertile soil. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 and or 30 times what was sown. By the time of this last ride, we were like the ones who hear and understand the word of God. The needle of our compass had come to a point of faith and understanding to guide us home. Because coming to faith and having faith in Jesus, it's not about having a smooth road, not having broken windows. It's about knowing and keeping our hearts cultivated to receive the truth of his word along our journey, which we call life. Faith and trust in the Lord is a stark contrast between living our lives for ourselves or in complete trust in Him. The fertile soil produces when the word is heard and understood. And more often than not, in order for us to hear and understand, we need to be shown. I believe God reveals himself each and every day to hear and understand for us and our lives all around us. Because what we permit, we promote. What we allow, we encourage. And what we condone, we own. One of the most powerful sayings of the Caribbean Christian Center of the Deaf is this. Deaf ears, hearing hearts. This is not about hearing with our ears. It's about the condition of our hearts. Hearing the word of God, 
Letting the word of God reach past our heads to get into our hearts. Today and every single day, we need to check the soil of our hearts. And I stand before you acknowledging the parts of my own heart that are that of the thorns. The parts of my heart that need a clear cutting, that need to be cultivated to become more available to receive the word and truth the Lord desires to plant. And that clear cutting only comes in repentance and giving my concerns to the Lord to trust in Him, to allow Him to guide the needle of my compass. The same is for you. And I pray that today and each day we can hear the good news that our, our hearts are prepared because the Lord of the harvest is at hand and we need to be ready to receive what he is sowing. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, may we in this moment come to you with our hearts, Lord, in whatever shape or form they are, and offer them to you. God, you know the condition of the soil of our hearts. You know where we have been. You know the experiences. You know the walls we have built. You know the places of our heart that need your healing. And maybe, Lord, for some of us today, it's the first point of acknowledging that you want our hearts. So I pray, God, right now in this moment that you would continue to scatter your seed of truth, compassion, love, mercy, forgiveness, grace upon our lives through your word, through your community, your church, through the power of your Holy Spirit now and forevermore. Amen.